we got a birthday today. Birthday today, not for myself or Parker Thune, but a birthday for four-star edge Danny Okoye out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, who just so happens to be announcing tomorrow at 6.30. So happy birthday to Danny Okoye, and um, yeah, let's all hope that he picks OU on his Instagram live page coming up tomorrow at 6.30. The industry sure thinks that he's going to. Not seeing any other crystal balls or future cast, any other predictions that have him going to Texas or Tennessee. I'm not sure if all three staffs know exactly how this is going to go down tomorrow night, but I would uh, I would guess, Parker, that there's going to be a pretty decent OU representation um, at his announcement tomorrow night at 630. Are, are you going to be up there? I will already be on my way to Cincinnati, so I will not be there, but... I would imagine my cohort, Brandon Drum, is going to have that one covered because he's been on top of the Okoye recruitment from the get-go. I know Travis is going to be out there as well tomorrow for the show, so uh, we'll have you covered on that one right here on The Ref. And uh, I looked at the 24-7 sports calculator. You've looked at the rivals. Uh, You kind of did your own projection there. But 24-7, this gets you up to number 7. It gets you from 8 to 7. But with the points that you would have at number seven, you're really close, really close to the number five overall class. And I think you said last week on Rivals, you thought at that time that would get OU to a top five class. So, And I think that that's kind of been the, the target area in this class, like you got there last year. Tomorrow night, I think, is the realization of, oh, yeah, oh, you can absolutely finish with the top five class if they finish strong with guys like Grant Bricks, Michael Boganowski, and some others. But a, a top five class is, I think, very much in the cards right now for, for OU and 24. What say you? No, I'm with you, man. And a top five class, I would say that that ought to be the expectation moving forward under Brent Venables. And it won't happen every single year, and it's not necessarily an abject failure in recruiting if you finish seventh or eighth in a given class. But – this is a program that as they transition to the SEC with the cultural foundation that they've built in Norman and uh, the trajectory that this program is on in terms of wins and losses, yes, this is, a, this is a college football institution that should recruit on an elite level and is poised to do so. And so I, I expect right now that Oklahoma closes the 2024 cycle with a top five class, and I, I think it could be top three. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think that takes Williams Winery. Sure, but hey, it's it's at least it's at least a possibility. I, I don't know how high the possibility is, but it's at least something that we're going to talk about until signing day, right? Yeah. Well, and I also think you have some commits already in the class who are going to help out your bottom line because their stock is going to rise when the rankings get retooled by all the recruiting services. The shining example of this right now is Andy Bass. Sure, yeah. Because Andy Bass is what, in the composite, like in the 1400s overall or something like that? Yeah, he's not going to stay there. No. He's uh, not going to stay there. Well, at least he shouldn't stay there, you know, right? Like, he, not only should he not stay there, he should make a drastic jump up the rankings after the senior year that he's already having uh, up there at Heritage Hall. And, yeah, so OU clearly ends with the top five class last year. Top five class this year is absolutely a possibility. And Oki Tom says it on the text line, and I had this written down as well for today. You're really ahead of the change in terms of a top five class in 2025. 
you know, we were sitting around in what late March of this year saying, God, when's OU going to get its first commit? What's going on? What, what, when's the point that we get nervous? OU doesn't have a single commit in 2024. And it took a little bit for them to get going in 2023. We will not be saying the th- same things for the 2025 class. They're already the number three overall class. Where they have four or five commits in four that commits. class. Yeah, they are. They're, uh, they're, they're in a good spot. If you close with the top five class here, I think there's a very good possibility you end up with three consecutive top five classes. And what a job that'll be for the staff, man. Wait, no, they have five commits. I take it back. They have five commits. Who am I forgetting right now? Grayson Harris, Elijah Thomas, Kevin Sperry, Kamari Moore, and whom? You. They have Jaden Nickens. Jaden Nickens. There's five. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, look, Emmett Jones' work is just about done. Jeff Levy's work is done. There's a ton of momentum early with some elite offensive line targets, guys like Lamont Rogers and Michael Fasusi. Yeah, man, we're talking about 2024 possibly being better than 2023, although that was a really high bar. 2025 might be even better than 2024. Yeah, especially if you get Kevin Sperry to five-star territory at some point, right? And you got the five-star quarterback in that class. So uh, recruiting's going well right now, man. Recruiting is going well, and me thinks we're going to have a lot to celebrate at about 6.45 uh, tomorrow night when Danny Okoye announces on Instagram Live. And you know what? That's a kid... That you really root for, man. You, you hope um, you hope a lot of good things come his way because he's a he's a really good kid. He's a really bright kid, um, I, and I'm not just saying that because he's hopped on with us a couple of times on the ref with Travis and I. But he he's just he's a good kid and he's one that's easy to root for. And I think that he's going to end up having a great career wherever he goes. I think it'll be at OU, but uh, easy easy kid to root for. So happy for Danny Okoye. That he gets his moment tomorrow night. Uh, okay. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. says, Did I miss the explanation on why David Stone ranking has dropped recently? You are probably referring to the newest set of on three rankings that were released yesterday that had him dropping from 13 to 15. Did you miss the explanation? I... We didn't give or hear an explanation as to why David Stone dropped in the uh, in the recent uh, on three update. I, I don't know why he dropped. Yeah, okay, he he dropped two spots, and I know David Stone was upset about that. But it, it realistically is that worth being upset about? If you're a fan, yes, the kid dropped two spots. Yes, two spots. Won him top ten. No, I mean whatever his composite score is, probably what we'll be referencing. Yeah, well, and trust me, what will dictate. Where David Stone is ultimately ranked is what happens in the postseason so- showcases, the All-American Bowl, etc. He gets the opportunity to go against the nation's best in not only an on-field setting, but a camp setting as well. That will ultimately be the determinant of where David Stone falls in the final sets of rankings. But, look, is is your opinion of David Stone going to change if he's ranked seventh overall versus 14th overall no it shouldn't and like it 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 shouldn't be cause for dissension amongst the fan base or amongst anyone for that matter it it does not matter you are splitting hairs between the top 40 50 players in the country we have a kevin sperry doubter on the text line we finally found one really have one from the 405 kevin sperry is not anywhere close to being a five-star 
I watch him every week. He is a good player at best. Wow, is this the same guy Man. that was saying Michael Hawkins wouldn't have started at Allen this year? Let, not, let me scroll up, and, and I'll, I'll let you know about that. But, dang, a uh, Kevin Sperry doubter. I, I did not think one was out there, but we have found one. Kevin Sperry is a very, very, very good football player. He is only a junior in high school. He'll at least be a four-star and if he uh, if he puts up big numbers at Carl Albert his junior and senior year, spoiler alert, he will. He will have a chance to be a uh, five star by the uh, by the end of the twenty twenty five cycle. I just I just think that that's going to be the case with him. Hell, Teddy already gave him a five star. Teddy uh, Teddy did the uh, the um, the uh, Gary not not the Gary England um, the the um, the Mike Morgan or the 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 News Nine automatic weather uh, tornado uh, warning, you know. David Payne's who I'm thinking of. I couldn't think of David Payne's name for some reason. Interesting. Okay. David Payne, he was releasing his own tornado warning. Teddy's released his own five-star warning for uh, Kevin Sperry. Is he aware that Kevin Sperry is only a good player at best? I, well, I'll, I will let him know that that text said, just a good player at best, and that's it. Okay. Loco Ohio says Gunny's crystal ball for Danny Okoye. It's backed up by Loco's Kushcast 420 confidence. Everyone's feeling good at this, this point. This is getting out of hand. This is getting out of it. You know who? You know which quarterback commit hasn't caught any slander? Brendan Zerbrug. Is it just because he's, he's a three star and like nobody? Oh, he'll never rest- play here. <laughs> he's just a backup for depth. Is uh, all he is. Uh, that dude had almost five hundred total yards and six touchdowns this past Friday. He can play too. Coy says, yes, we should be upset about David Stone dropping two spots. And if you're not upset about it, then you're not a real fan. I'm just joking, laughing face emoji. No, I mean, but to your point, if he's the number 15 overall player, if he's the number 7 overall player, hell, if he's the number 1 overall player, your thoughts on David Stone really shouldn't change or probably won't change all that much because here's here's the situation with OU's defensive line going into next year. Whether he's ranked 1, 13, 15, or out of the top 100, that kid's going to play next year, man. That kid, I'm not telling you that he's going to start necessarily, but David Stone's going to play. One, he's good enough, and two, I, it's pretty clear, man. We've seen that this staff is not afraid to play true freshmen. There have been a ton, ton of first-year players this year that have not only seen snaps but significant snaps in the first three games. So there is no way that they're going to be they're going to be afraid at all to play David Stone next year. Like that, that's going to happen. Uh, a listener on the text line says, can we please get a shout-out for Shakota's own Elijah Thomas? He had a long touchdown reception and a pick six against our arch rival, Ufala. He needs to be the number one player in the state next year. That's from Carter, whom I assume is from Shakota. Yeah, he is from Shakota. Uh, and, yes, shout-out to him. He is a great wide receiver. And what? Everyone first kind of took notice of him at the OU camp this summer, correct? Is when a lot of people first found out about Elijah Thomas. Yeah, that is true. He'd already held the offer since midway through his sophomore year, so he was a guy that the Oklahoma staff was more than aware of. But yeah, especially with him playing in Dakota, a lot of people really didn't understand what type of player Elijah Thomas was until he showed up to OU's camp and balled the heck out. Uh, Four hundred five says, guys, any update on Grant Bricks? Sounds like those are hard to come by right now, unless he's visiting uh, Nebraska for a game weekend. Yeah, and he's not. He's not taking any more visits between now and his decision. So that, that that picture just gets murkier and murkier and murkier. And 
there is no school right now that should feel secure in their standing with Grant Bricks because when a kid's not taking visits and he's not really he's not really doing interviews, he's not really communicating with the outside world, he's just playing his senior season and hashing out a commitment decision between three schools that he's visited several times apiece, there's really no telling which way that's going to go. And as I have said time and again, the longer it drags out with a kid like that, the better the odds that he just stays close to home and plays for Nebraska. But again, I have to imagine that what Bill Beatonbow at Oklahoma and Connor Riley at Kansas State are telling that kid is, you really want to be a Nebraska Cornhusker? Yeah. The, the, like, if you want to be an NFL football player, man, do you really want to go play in Nebraska right now? The new trend now is for these kids to announce on their Instagram Live, right? Or you have the CBS Sports HQ who will air the live commits. ESPN at times will air live commits. I almost feel like we're going to find out about Grant Brick's commit in the Logan, Iowa Times on the front page of the newspaper <laughs> the next day. Grant Pr- uh, uh, Bricks picks OU in large letters on the front of the newspaper. Oh boy, I Sugar- feel like that's how he rolls. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, Bricks is going to quit football to take over the farm. He might. Now he's not going to do that. But Another 405 <laughs> listener says, will it help Oklahoma with Bricks if Nebraska keeps losing? Yes, and I, I, that feels like a very obvious yes in response to that question. And it is because, okay, anytime you're going head-to-head with another program for a recruit and that program is losing and losing and losing over and over and over again, yeah, their their pull, their sway with that kid is going to diminish. And so you would like to see Nebraska struggle? Heck, you would like to see Kansas State struggle if you're the Sooners right now. Which uh, I think they're about to. Kansas State losing to Missouri is one thing. They are a banged-up football team right now after that loss to uh, Mizzou. Their star linebacker um, is out for the season now, Daniel Green. Uh, Will Howard is questionable for this weekend against UCF. Kansas State's uh, not, in, not in good shape right now on the uh, injury front. Yikes. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, we got updates all around in the 24 and the 25 class. Moro OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Good to see the ref army listening nationwide today via, via our free app. Just search KREF in the app store. Buffalo, New York is tuned in today. Kinder, Louisiana. Jacksonville, Florida. Union City, California, which I believe is the home of uh, Roy Williams. White House, Texas is tuned in. Glastonbury, Connecticut. Woodbridge, New Jersey. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And Perkins, Oklahoma, is our small Oklahoma town of the day. Perkins up there uh, in, uh, by the Stillwater area, or in the Stillwater area. Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door Company. They compromise on the price, but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net or call 405-635-9499. That's 405-635-9499. Speaking of Perkins and peak, uh, speaking of Stillwater... Uh, Mike Gundy is getting, well, about as much criticism as Mike Gundy is going to get around here for not adapting to the times, right? What's going on with NIL, your view on the transfer portal, lack of recruiting, all all of those things. And, And this goes to you. This goes to the text line as well. 
while Mike Gundy is getting criticized for his view on how college football is kind of operated today, and the same is happening for Dabo Sweeney, how do we feel right now that OU has adapted with the times when it comes to NIL, when it comes to recruiting, and when it comes to the transfer portal? Any complaints from you, Parker, on how OU is going about things and what the sport looks like these days? Are they with the, the times like the other top programs? Yes, or? Oklahoma is with the times, and I don't think you need to look any further than David Stone for evidence of that. Right? It, David Stone, trust me, it, if Oklahoma didn't have a very strong NIL pitch to make to a kid like that, he would have gone to Miami. Oh, that's true. And, yeah, the relationships are part of it. Yeah, that's always going to be part of it. Yeah, Oklahoma, as we've said many a time, Tyler, is not going to – outright buy a kid the reason a kid commits to Oklahoma is not going to be money at least that's not going to be the only reason if you got a recruitment that is an outright bidding war and it's just ultimately coming down to nothing more than who can drop the biggest bag that's not a recruitment that Oklahoma is going to get involved with but again if you have a recruit that has substantial interest in Oklahoma that is a good culture fit that meshes with the staff, meshes with the personnel. And what you need to kind of send things over the top in that regard is some money, then that's a concession Oklahoma's going to make. And they have made, and they will continue to make it. It sounds like you think, and if this is the take that you have, I think I'm in agreement with it, they're kind of like, the, the the perfect mix of both of those, right? Yes. Like, they still want to have, you know, what worked 20 years ago with culture and all that, but they don't want to totally ignore NIL and the transfer portal and obviously recruiting. You you can't criticize the staff's recruiting efforts. I mean, you just, you just can't. I mean, recruiting rankings, the level of player that they're getting on both sides of the ball, what those players are looking like out in the field as true freshmen, you can't criticize OU at all for recruiting. Um, NIL, maybe that got off to a little bit of a slow start when it was first kind of introduced, but it feels like for the most part they've caught up and they're doing a good job there. And then for me, no complaints in the transfer portal. I thought they did a really nice job this past portal cycle. And they're, they're at least really, like, they're definitely trying to evaluate and get good players out of the portal, and they're going to continue to do that moving forward. So when I look at is OU operating with the times, We'll see what the text line says, but yeah, man, I, I feel like OU is operating with the times. I don't, I don't think that they're lagging behind in any specific area. Nick in Oklahoma says, as much as the NIL and portal issues suck, you have to adapt. Just like as things change in your life, you have to adapt. Things change, and we have to get over it. Okie Tom says, ampersand you is an example of getting guys by NIL and not prospering on the field. 918, but it sounds like Oklahoma got outbid by Missouri. But I, I, And I don't think that that has to totally mean that OU's not operating with the times. I just think that means Missouri threw out a stupid, incredible number that no one would be able to say no to, would, would be my guess there. So I, I don't think that losing out for Williams when Aaron and that one's not over yet, right? At least I don't think it is. I know the staff didn't think that it's over just yet. So just because that happened, I don't, I don't mean – I don't think it means that OU is operating like Oklahoma State or Clemson because I, I don't think that that's the case. Yeah. Well, and again, if the price gets so high to the point where – or I guess here's a better way of phrasing it. 
if a kid has every reason in the world and every desire in the world to commit to Oklahoma, and then another school comes along with a ridiculous NIL offer, and the kid is like, and the kid and perhaps his family too are like, well, we're going to go commit to this other school. At least that's what we're thinking right now. Oklahoma is not going to up the price of their bag simply for the sake of getting that recruit committed. They're going to say, okay, you know what? Be on your merry way if you're going to make this decision for money. And I I had a conversation with a source inside the Switzer Center not long ago, and it was a very matter-of-fact observation, but I think it rings so true. Uh, That source told me, it's amazing how many elite players right now are having to choose between Oklahoma and money. Mm Mm-hmm which speaks to how well this staff can build relationships and overall recruit, not just locally, but nationwide. Chapstick says Mike Gundy needs to look at the 12 steps and understand he has no control over Portal and NIL, either adapt or die. That's the thing. Like You don't have to love the way that college football is going. I don't love all the ways that college football is going right now. But if you're a head coach and you're going to make $7.5 million, you you better adapt or yeah your program's going to be left behind and I, I think that we're seeing that seeing that in Stillwater right now Sooner Gundy says they might not have to outbid them by a lot but he is able to get them paid uh, get him paid right now there that could be the difference I guess talking about uh, Williams Winery and the state of Missouri in their situation yeah. uh, Hawaiian Sooner says not adapting see Stillwater Oki Drink Slinger says I think OU had to adapt quickly because of the end of the 21 season. Uh, 918, you think Mike Gundy jumps to the NFL. That's from, uh, that's from Blue. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think any NFL team wants to hire Mike Gundy, so that's going to be his biggest problem, even if he does want to jump to the NFL. I don't know why anyone in that league would want to hire him. So, no, I don't think he's going to have that option. Uh, here's an interesting text from Sark's Vodka. Both lines of scrimmage are looking rough for OU in our first season in the SEC. Going to have to portal very hard. Can't rely on that many freshmen in a man's league being the SEC. I, I don't agree with you, Sarks Vodka, and here's why. Let's, let's hypothesize about what Oklahoma's starting line is next year. You have R. Mason Thomas at one defensive end, Ethan Downs at the other defensive end, and P.J. Adibare seeing a lot of – or so, I'm sorry, P.J. Adibawara seeing a lot of action at either or both of those well, edge spots. The rate that he's headed, well. you've got to feel like he's going to start next year, and, man. And he may. Now, on the interior, I'll admit that's a bit more of a question. I would say Grayson Halton is a guy you can pencil into the starting lineup within that group right now for next season. And then the other one would kind of be up in the air. Is it Devon Sears? Is it Phil Paya? Is it maybe Ashton Sanders? So, okay, there's potentially one vulnerability there. But for the most part, those other spots on the defensive line, I really like what Oklahoma has to roll with in 2024. And I think Grayson Halton has been maybe one of the more underappreciated players through three games for this team here in 2023. On the offensive line, who are you going to lose? Tyler Guyton's probably NFL bound. At this rate, McCade Mattire graduates. Andrew Rain, does he come back? I, I, I say, mean, I would think so. I would, I would say think yes. So. I would say yes to that. Let's say Savion Bird reprises his role as one of your starting guards, and then you have Jacob Sexton stepping in for Walter Rouse at left tackle. So it looks something like this Jacob Sexton at left tackle, 
Andrew Raymond center. Your guards, I mean, Caden Green's going to be somewhere. Caden yeah. Green and Savion Bird are your guards, whether left or right. You know, they arm wrestle basically. And then your right tackle, that's probably going to be a first time starter. Who who even would that be right now? Well, and that could be a situation where, like Rouse, you go to the portal and get someone. You just never know who's going to be available. And I would agree with you that Guyton is probably going to have a year. He's been solid up to this point. Probably going to end up having a year where he ends up going to the NFL draft. But you you never know what could happen, right? Um, Maybe the draft grade, for whatever reason, doesn't come back high. But, yeah, I just... They'll they'll um they'll have a lot of second year players. It feels like. Well, I, I don't know. Not a whole lot of first year players is the point on the offensive line next year starting. Maybe one, but that that could potentially be it. Well, here's here's one for you. I think if Grant Bricks is a Sooner, maybe man, he'll, he'll be in the mix to start next year. Uh, listener in the four hundred five asks Parker, but do we have competitive depth on the lines next year? Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. You'll have a lot of second- and third-year offensive linemen making pushes for starting roles. Jake Taylor is a guy that I didn't mention just a moment ago, but will factor into the starting conversation, certainly. Um, I did, you, did you mention Bates? Um, Bates, I mean, certainly. We'll see how Bates develops. We'll see how Ozida develops. We'll see how Howland develops. Like The development of those three, along with several others, are pretty important this year, though they may not get a ton of snaps, so... Maybe you could feel uh, a little bit different about the offensive line. But but I get the point. Like, there's some real urgency for both your O-line and D-line to be ready your first year in the SEC. Definitely in <laughs> your first year in the SEC. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Update on Legend Bay. Update on Tristan Haynes. Update on Christian Thatcher. And a whole lot more next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno is bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC, they sell Buick and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. Go check them out in El Reno. Half-price oil changes on Saturdays. All right, here's an update from Rivals on uh, three OU targets. First, Legend Bay, 2026 athletes from Mesquite Horn. You saw him last Thursday. It says Baylor, Oregon, Texas Tech, Houston, Cincinnati, and others have offered the 2026 dual-threat quarterback already. But after an Oklahoma offer came in recently, the Sooners moved right to the top. Oklahoma has been the, quote, dream school for the Mesquite Horn standout. And even with multiple years left in high school, the Sooners should be tough to beat. And we talked about him on Friday to lead off the show. The spin move is a bit of a lost arts. But not with Legend Bay. I'm sorry, where you just quoted, where did that come from? That came from Rivals. Oh, okay. Perfect. Good. Glad. glad Were you questioning it or or what? No, no, no. I wasn't questioning it. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know who was validating everything I've said about Legend Bay. But, yeah, I I like the Sooners in that race long term because, look, (laughs) it's the Emmett Jones effect for one thing. Right, like em- Emmett Jones has gotten, with the exception of Bryant Wesco, and I get that that's a big exception, but outside of Bryant Wesco, Emmett Jones has gotten basically whatever he's wanted on the recruiting trail since joining the OU staff. So I, with the knowledge that Emmett Jones is running point in the Legend Bay recruitment, I really like where Oklahoma State, and just knowing some of Legend's background, his family dynamic, it feels like Oklahoma is a really good, really natural fit for well, he him. Well, said dream school. And it's it's obviously the dream school. It normally goes a long way. Yeah. and it, But that said, I mean, for instance, the 
there are plenty of counterexamples from the past, but for, like Mario Williams' dream school was LSU, right? And so OU fans, I remember back in 2020, they were all skeptical. Are we really going to get Mario Williams? Is that his dream school is LSU? So you got to take a statement like that with a grain of salt, but there's a lot of other stuff that seems to point in Oklahoma's direction right now with Legend Bay. I just know by the time Legend Bay, uh, by the time he plays his first down in college football, the NCAA football video game will be back. Ooh. What do we think? Like a 93 spin move as a freshman on the game? Is there a At least a 93. Is there a spin move rating? Is that like a specific I think attribute? it uh, used to be an attribute on the game. I mean, it hasn't okay. been around for 10 years now, so I may have forgotten, but I think uh, I think it was. Gosh, NCAA football 2005 is about to turn 20. Oof. I feel so old. Was that Larry Fitzgerald on the cover of yeah, that one? it was. Nice. Pittsburgh Panther, Larry Fitzgerald. Tristan Haynes, four-star corner out of Coral Alberts. It says, this might come as no real surprise, but Oklahoma could be getting tough to beat in the recruitment of Haynes, who has two teammates on his Midwest City Coral Albert team that are already committed to the Sooners. The 2025 four-star corner was back on campus recently, and the chatter all the way back to the Rivals Camp Series in Dallas was that the Sooners were way out in front. They're just going to clean house at Carl Albert is what it sounds like. Yeah, and I I haven't put a future cast in for Tristan Haynes just yet, but I'm close to that point with that kid. Kevin Sperry is a dynamic peer recruiter. I do have a future cast in for the another one of Carl Albert's standouts in 2025 linebacker Marcus James. I'm getting close to Tristan Haynes, and it does seem like especially – with Sperry's influence in the picture there, that Oklahoma is going to clean house at Carl Albert. 2025 linebacker Christian Thatcher, four-star out of Vegas, which he all but committed on air with Parker before the uh, SMU game. It says if it was completely up to him, Thatcher might already be committed to Oklahoma, but after discussing his recruitment with those close to home, the decision has been made to wait until after the season and look more towards the spring. The 2025 four-star linebacker from Vegas has been high on the Sooners for a long time, and it might be inevitable for Oklahoma anyway, but Thatcher could wait a few more months to see if other programs get involved. What do you think? Pretty accurate? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Who who wrote this? Um, I don't know if this was Gorney or – it may not even have had a name attached to it. It may have just been a bunch of different uh, – Oh, interesting contributions from from national guys yeah because i was about to say gosh this is really sounding like <laughs> sounding maybe like you I wrote it maybe this. you wrote it and maybe i did write and paste it. it there maybe so Oki tom says sperry will be a stud yeah yep for many reasons Oki tom not just his play on the football field kevin sperry is an outstanding recruiter an outstanding human being outstanding representative of the university of oklahoma That's is it be. four um four offers to carl albert's or is it five offers to Carl Albert kids currently? It's four or five. Okay, you so... You got two committed. You got we two just talked committed. about Tristan Haynes. You talked about the... Uh, okay, beyond those th- beyond those two, you have Trene Washington, Tristan Haynes, Marcus James. So I think that makes five. Five. <laughs> Carl Albert right now has five OU offers on this football team. Two are already committed. Uh, one in Tristan Haynes. Sounds like probably an, an OU lean at this point. Yeah, they... Sounds like they're going to do quite well at uh, at Carl Albert, and this goes back to this goes back to Oklahoma State, right? I mean, was Oklahoma State really? And I know Kevin Sperry is kind of a unique circumstance because he 
He transfers to Carl Albert, but, man, that's a high school that you want to be in on. And they have in the past, but are they in on any of these guys or have a real threat to any of the five OU offers that are out there? Oh, man. Scott T. says Parker the AI bot wrote that article. There you go. Maybe. The rival's the, AI bot. The Alexa recruiting update that we were talking about yesterday maybe, uh, maybe wrote that. Suter Gundy says, let's all remember what Cal Turt said about Oklahoma high school football talent. Yeah, basically said that, oh, you know, there's only just uh, you know, one or two kids a year that were uh, any good, uh, able to play D1 football. He acted like Oklahoma's a complete crap state when it comes to talent. Um, why don't you go ahead and look at the uh, 23, 24, and 25 class, just the, like, the, like the, the three that we have here in front of us. It's been a, it's been a pretty good three-year run here for the state of Oklahoma. From the 580, have you heard anything on kids from southwest Oklahoma, i.e. Elgin or Lawton? Uh, not really anybody in that area that Oklahoma is looking at right now. Not, at least not seriously. Not as scholarship players. Um, but yeah, look, the class of 2025 in the state of Oklahoma, as we've said many a time on these airwaves, it's going to go down as one of the best the state has ever seen. And Oklahoma is very, very fortunate that they have a guy who literally decided and whose family decided they were going to pack up and move 200 miles north to play high school football half an hour down the road from the Palace on the Prairie and be the vocal and emotional leader of Oklahoma's 2025 recruiting cycle. Because you already would have done well in the state of Oklahoma, absent Kevin Sperry within state lines. But with Kevin Sperry within state lines, I, I tell you, I, I, and you look at Nate Roberts' recruitment as a perfect example of this. Right, Kevin Sperry has been hard after Nate Roberts for months. And once he decommitted from Notre Dame, man, you, you give a lot of credit to Joe John Finley. You give a lot of credit to the OU staff for not letting up even after he pledged to Notre Dame. But you also tip your cap to Kevin Sperry because – his influence in that recruitment has been instrumental in making Oklahoma the clear front runner for a kid that it looked for a long time like was going to get out of their backyard. Sounds like Kevin Sperry is going to win KRIF Recruiter of the Month before he ever gets on campus is what it sounds like to me if he keeps up at this pace. By the way, you mentioned Nate Roberts. Been quite a day for him. He's got a Washington offer today and a Kansas State offer so far today. And maybe some others that I just haven't seen, but he took the Ohio State visit this past weekend. He gets a Washington and a Kansas State offer today. But it kind of still feels like OU is the uh, leader at this point for reasons that you mentioned, one of them being Kevin Sperry. Yep. Yep. I I would expect that Nate Roberts is going to attend multiple OU game days this fall, and it's going to be very, very tough, especially if you start to pick up more and more commits from within state lines, you've already got three of them in Sperry, Nickens, and Thomas. If more of these OK Preps kids in 2025 start to jump on board, it's going to make things even more difficult for Nate Roberts to commit somewhere else a second time. I did see uh, five-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker of Matterday, uh, crystal ball to Texas, Fong to Texas, one of the uh, best offensive tackles in this 24 class. Yeah. Texas in line to get a couple more five stars at least in Brandon Baker and Ryan Wingo. They're gonna end up with a they're gonna end up with a highly ranked class. Surprise, they yeah. always do, but this is gonna be a nice class for Texas. No, it'll be a nice class. It was always gonna be a nice class. Yeah. 
405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll close it up with more OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Bob Stoops joins the rush next hour at 320. Be sure to tune in for that. Chapstick on the text line says, Did you guys cover the Dax Knowles commitment yesterday? OU is picking up some serious PWOs. We did mention it yesterday, Chapstick. Um, in case you missed it, Dax Knowles commits to OU. That was on Sunday, I believe. PWO out of Norman High, six foot, one hundred and eighty-five pound safety. A good baseball player. Had a punt return for a touchdown last Thursday against Stillwater. Had a uh, big interception. Almost took it back to the house in a game against Norman North a couple of weeks ago. A very good high school football player. And I think the main point here is you got to love with what OU is doing with PWOs in states. And they've had some of those out of state as well, but definitely in states. Um, Some reasons to be very excited about that. Yeah, and you think about some of those guys that have been, you know, fringe FBS dudes in years past that have gotten away. Gavin Frakes, for instance, the quarterback at Norman North a couple years back, he ended up going down to New Mexico State, and in his very first collegiate game, he was thrust into action for the Aggies and Jerry Kill's program. So there are guys like that that traditionally have gone the more, well, the smaller time route for lack of a better option, but that have turned out to be pretty good collegiate players in their own right. I think the most... The best example of this probably within the last decade is Charlie Kohler, right? Seriously, man. Well, and George Kittle, too, for that matter. Two guys. He was, la- that- he was Iowa's last scholarship offer, I think, in that class. Yeah. So there is precedent for some of these guys from the local radius getting out of state, finding smaller programs to go to, maybe small, low-end P5 schools or even G5 schools, sometimes even FCS. And they turn out to be much better football players than anybody bargained for when they were coming up as recruits. So the more of those guys that you can keep from going to Air Force or McNeese State or one of the Ivy League schools, the more you can keep those kids close to home within your program. It doesn't cost you scholarships, and they're showing up every single day. They've grown up watching OU football. They want to make the program better. They want to wear that crimson and cream, and they're proud to do it. That can't hurt your program. Terry Bussey is supposed to announce on September 28th. Supposed to. That yes. sounds like a very uh, – that, that's a that's a maybe. Yeah, is, I, is OU going to make this more and more? Are we going to get to October and it's like, hey, guys, this is kind of getting interesting here. I, I tell you what, man. I, I'm not holding my breath right now. And Oklahoma has certainly tightened the race. They have made up ground on LSU and Texas A&M. I'm still not holding my breath unless, this is a big unless, if that commitment date gets postponed and Terry Bussey makes it back to Norman at some point. Then then we got game on. Game on, huh? Then it's game on. Like, for real, it's game on at that point. Right now... I'm still hard-pressed to believe he doesn't pick A&M or LSU. Just kind of feels like it's always been one of those two schools in the end. But Oklahoma has just steadily and steadily and steadily tightened the race throughout the summer and early fall. They're just hanging around in the fourth quarter is what it sounds like. We're just like, let's just get this thing in the fourth quarter and then we'll we'll, we'll take our chances I mean, this is Emmett Jones' heat check right here. This really is. Again... 
He's gotten just about anybody he's wanted to go and get since he joined the Oklahoma staff. If he can pull Terry Bussey, man, that is Jeez. a massive win on the trail. Terry Bussey, if you end up getting uh, – and this is a major if here. One of them is an if, the other one not so much. But if you end up getting Terry Bussey and Danny Okoye and you have those two on signing day, you talk about two incredible surprises in this class, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Because there were definitely times uh, for both of those where it was, yeah, I mean, we can – Talk about it if you guys like, but there's really not much to mention here. Danny Okoye, again, coming up tomorrow, 6.30, on his uh, Instagram Live page. Did see a couple of, uh, I believe it was 2025 kids uh, over the weekend. Kelvion Riggins down to 10 schools, and OU was one of those. And then you had uh, Dutch Horacek had an offer. Horacek, yeah, the edge rusher from modern day. Uh, that just happened. He's class of 2026, so... Not a, not a bad spot or not a bad place to try to get into. I mean, e- e- even more so, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe that Oklahoma is ever going to recruit heavily out of California. But Matter Day is one of those schools, along with St. John Bosco, that if you can land a kid out of those, out of one of those two hotbeds every two, three years. Yeah, no, there. Like I, I, I don't see consistently getting three or four players out of the state of California. But if you ever wanted to get into a particular high school there in that state, that would be, uh, yeah, that might that would probably be option number one. Okay, Bob Stoops joining us next hour at three twenty. A reminder. Travis Davidson will be at Martino's on Vine after the game on Saturday. So if you're going to OU Cincinnati, it's about two, two and a half blocks away from Nippert Stadium. Martino's on Vine there in Cincinnati. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.